This week on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. I often couldn't sleep when I did those. Mr Simon Bridges, leader of the New Zealand National Party, joins me in studio. Simon Bridges procrastinates about... Were you popular in school? Mm. That experience gave you confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What's it like living with someone with a completely different political view? Not things that I sort of talk a lot about publicly. Then later... Would you be able to describe the moment where you first found out that Jamie Lee Ross was publicly naming you as corrupt? Just run me through that. What you sort of mean? We talk about the media spectacle that nearly destroyed Simon Bridges' career. But no, I've never had an issue with with that. Honest, revealing, and no questions off limits. There is nowhere else that you can find Simon Bridges like this. No one has a skin of iron. What are the things for you that do really hit home? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and the Mountain Climbers Podcast begins next. This episode of the Mountain Climbers podcast is made with the support of Windsor Creative, a faith-based, non-profit graphic design studio that specializes in brand identity, illustration, print media, and web design. We love them so much, we've used them for the branding of the Mountain Climbers podcast. For more information about Windsor Creative, visit www.windsorcreative.org.nz. That's www.windsorcreative.org.nz. Or you can look up Windsor Creative One Word on Facebook. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Mountain Climbers Podcast. Today, I am very honoured, very honoured indeed, uh-huh. to be joined by Mr. Mr. Simon Bridges. Fantastic to be with you today, Simon. Hey, Duncan, great to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Look, I'd like to start right at the be- beginning of, of your story, at looking at your childhood. How would you describe yourself as a child? Oh, look, it's hard to know. Some people, my wife um, is very, uh, she has huge memories of her childhood. I don't necessarily sort of remember. I think I'm probably not that sentimental. I don't look back. But I would say I'm probably um, reasonably spoiled. Uh, I was youngest of six kids. So, you know, they they doted on me. And, um, you know, it's just a very dedicated, loving family. I think I... um, you know, whilst we didn't have a lot of money, I think I basically got what I wanted and um, had a good time. I had a great nurturing uh, family. What do you think your parents would describe? How would you do? You think your parents would describe you as a teenager? As a teenager, oh look, I think they'd say I I was um, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bit of a SWAT. I, I gave uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. school a good go. Um, perhaps a bit cheeky, um, talkative. Um, you know, uh, full of opinions on things, on politics, on um, uh, so you were into the that right from right from the beginning. Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, I've, I've always, you know, I think since very young, I was always a reader, and we had a few politics books lying around, and I think I sort of read about them and um, kids kids books. Remember an Osborne book on politics, <laughs> and uh, that you definitely sparked my interest. It's you know, it's fundamentally it's about how the world works, and that mm. was. That was uh, why I was interested. Politics at its core is a popularity contest who can get the most votes. Were you popular in school? Yeah, I think I was. I wouldn't say I was, you know, one of the um, the, the jocks or something. I wasn't in the first 15, (laughs) but neither was I one of the, I suppose, the nerds or the geeks. I was was popular. I was a popular kid. Just well-liked. Yeah, Yeah. and I was the head boy uh, at my Mm. school, Rutherford College in West Auckland. And um, so, yeah, I I think I was, I certainly had, I had a lot of friends, had good friends, and, uh, yeah, I was probably reasonably popular. Mm. What do you think is the most important lesson that you're, or most interesting lesson that your parents have ever taught you? 
Mm, I think probably um, hard work and aspiration. I think, you know, my, my mother was a primary school teacher. She's a remarkable mum because, you know, she had six children, six mouths to feed, eight actually if you include her and dad. <laughs> and, um, you know, she gave it everything. She's always working, always sewing, darning, cooking, um, you know, cleaning up, um, gardening. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, but there was always, you know, caught corn from the garden, tomatoes, you name it. So mm. it worked from her. And my father was a, a Baptist minister, but he... Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he was aspirational for us. He wanted the best for us. He wanted us to get a good education. And so their values, you know, came through very strongly. You know, I, I believe, you know, parents should give their children their values, um, mm. teach them the way they should go. Mm. What do you think is the most important value in this day for a, a parent to give on to their child? Yeah, it's a great question. A great question. I'll probably get it wrong as I sit here and give <laughs> you that. I mean, I think it is probably... Um, you know, integrity. Um, I think it's, you know, making sure that mm. they, you know, honest, good uh, people. Um, and, and how do you teach that, though? Well, I think you've got to do it through your life, don't you? Mm. I mean, no one's perfect. I think, you know, there wouldn't be a parent on the earth that hasn't um, stuffed up or, you know, not necessarily always been a perfect role model. But I think fundamentally, if they see how you live, and it's good. They will. They will take on your traits. I mean, we all do, don't we? You know, I've, I've mm. got positive and negative traits. I think from my parents, <laughs> and I'm sure my really? kids will too. Okay. And you mentioned before that your dad was a, a Baptist minister. Do you still have a faith today? Yeah, I do. It's very important to me. I mean, I, I, I'm, I suppose I'm careful is not the right word, but it's not not necessarily something I I speak a lot about as a politician. Obviously, as leader of the Why national is party, that? simply because. You know, the National Party in politics is not um, a Christian. Uh, you know, mm. it's 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 uh, not about that. And, you know, I don't think fundamentally uh, that politicians, say, from the left or the right, um, are necessarily, you know, are doing what is uh, a Christian. Um, you know, I don't think uh, the Bible and, and Christianity is about that. It's, um, it's about something d- different to that, spirituality and a and a walk with, with God. So, you know, it's not a driving part of my politics, but it's mm. certainly part of my personal it, uh, belief. It, it would have an impact, though, on the way that you, the policies that you adopt and the way that you carry yourself. What do you think are the most significant things that your faith does impact? Yeah, I suppose that's right. But, you know, let's take, for example, um, whether New Zealand should have a capital gains tax. Look, it's yeah. pretty simple. That I don't think you'll find verses. Maybe you will. You'll find verses about tax and so on. I don't think you'll be able to lay out um, convincingly that, um, you know, God says there should be one or there shouldn't be one, right? Mm. You construct arguments, but I don't think that's but it, it's... true. And so... And so that that is why you know mm. I I am um, I'm a politician who's a Christian, but I'm not a Christian politician. I think though that there is aspects of the Bible that does speak about caring for the the lower class of society. Yeah, there's and all also that kind verses thing, to yeah. say if you don't work, you don't eat. So which one should we choose? Well, aren't as both a politician, um, there's 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 ones that I think you could say are incredibly right wing, and I think there's some that you yeah. say incredibly left wing, um, and so. You know, I I just think um, we'd have to be careful about trying to use that as an argument for a political uh, position. It seems okay. to me, certainly at least, look, uh, I I don't. Does your faith what what impact does that have on 
the values that you have and the way that you convey yourself to the media and all that kind of thing? Um, I don't know if it has an effect on how I convey myself, but certainly, you know, my values are, you know, mm. I think the same as most New Zealanders, um, and that they are ultimately values that come from New Zealand's traditions and judo, judo uh, Christian values, you know, of honesty, integrity, of um, you know, I suppose what some would call a Protestant work ethic, which I got very strongly from my uh, family of, of trying to be kind and compassionate to those who are less well off. Um, but see, you know, if we want to get really deep and meaningful, I mean, a very interesting question is the extent to which those are the, those are things the state should be doing, or whether actually they're things that NGOs like the church should be doing. And that's why mm-hmm. I say, you know. Um, is kindness uh, the government doing it, or is kindness and compassion something that individuals, families, communities should be doing from the ground up? All right, moving on now to what got you into politics. What did actually get you into politics and made you realise, oh, this is something actually that's, that's pretty awesome? Yeah, like I say, I think what really happened was um, reading. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an interest in history and ideas and what made the world go round. With some specific books, I remember my auntie Lorna gave us, we had a series of books on American presidents, but they were for kids, they're picture books. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Jackson, it was a bunch of George Washington historical presidents. Um, I remember other ones, an Osborne book on politics and different forms of democracy and government and uh, uh, parliaments and, and diets and so on. So that that was quite influential for me. And then I just, I suppose I turned that into action. Uh, I can remember in Te Aratu North, up in Te Peninsula now it is, um, uh, seeing some people putting signs up for um, uh, an election or canvassing at some level, I forget exactly, but around 92, 93... And I thought, right, I want to join the National Party. Mm. And so I went up was to there them a particular and I became thing, a member. Was there a particular thing that, because you were a, a Crown Prosecutor, was that mm. before? Was there a particular thing that made you realise, oh, I've really got to get in this? Um, I don't think there moment. was a particular, you know, whoa, that's it. Um, <laughs> I think it was more just, uh, this is what turned me on. You know, I, I yeah. always say to people, some people are into yachting. Some people are into, you know, um, um, uh, horse racing. Some people are into um, whatever it is. Um, my hobby, in a sense, is politics is what turned me on and what interested me because, you know, I think it's a big part of what makes the world run for good or for, for worse. Do you think politics has become more, in New Zealand, become more about personality than policy? Um Look, I think it's always been a combination. Has it become more so? Possibly. I mean, I think what's true is we're just in this 24-7 media mm. um, cycle, as people say, aren't we? And so there's much more of that desire for copy, you know, um, um, interest, uh, and that's definitely a part of it. Policy still definitely matters, though. I think over the long haul, people want to see substance. They want to see policies that will make a difference to their lives. And so, you know... Look, um, there's a bit of the personality stuff, but I think there's also a very serious side to politics, which over time New Zealanders uh, want and you know need to see. They need action, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, you mentioned the media. Um, how does, being a politician, you've got to have such a thick skin. How does someone develop a thick skin? Look. On social media for any significant politician these, these days is a huge amount of uh, um, 
uh, dislike and negati- negativity. Um, mm. I think right at the start of uh, my career, uh, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have coped with that today. It sort of doesn't really worry me much. Um, but that's just something that builds up, as I say, with time and experience. Someone who's not in politics, who's maybe exper- you know finds it hard if someone makes a, a comment in the workplace or yeah. at school. How does someone learn? for that just to brush it off their shoulder and have it not affect them. Look, I wish I had a good answer for you about what they do. I think in truth some people are more sensitive than others. Mm. Um, That is uh, a reality. You know, you look across and say I'm six children, youngest. Um, We all have different personalities and emotional uh, lives. Um, I think, you know, you just got to have a sense of who you are what you are, your values, um, that you can control. What you can control is yourself and your feelings, mm. uh, but you can't necessarily control what someone else says. And people will say silly things, stupid things, um, for all manner of reasons, oftentimes that, that have nothing uh, to do with you. No one has a skin of iron. What are the things for you that do really hit home? Well, just run me through that. What do you sort of mean? Well, no one can have... Be, have a skin of iron. No one can really, you know, defend off every single comment. Yeah. What are the comments that that do do affect you a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good question because uh, we have to make sure that. Oh, I think you know we've just talked about you know not being um, affected by you know social media comments or these sort of things, criticism. Mm. Actually, what what worries me sometimes more is you know we do need to make sure, and I I certainly think as a positive, you want to ensure that actually good criticism, valid, legitimate criticism gets through, um, and you don't become so hardened or immune to it that you're um, not up for um, correction, if you like, or a sense mm. of, hey, you know, you didn't do that very well. You didn't react well to that situation. Um, you, 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 that interaction was you could have handled better. So I, I, to answer your question, honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if um, There hasn't been a the, comment or a oh, news always, article you've uh, read that look, you've actually gone, mm. Yeah, of course, you see things and you say, but I suppose it's the ones where there's a bit of truth in it. Um, you say, yeah, look, they're actually right, um, and and that's that's annoying uh, because, well, hey, you wish that um, you did it better and and it, it hits home, but I don't think in politics you can beat yourself up. You um, you you deal with it and you move on because mm. you just got to keep rolling and um, and remember that it's not. Um, it's not me. It's not another politician that we're in this for. It's it's New Zealanders. Something that would have been an incredibly tough time and where that, that experience of gaining a tough skin would have been in October 2018 when, when Jamie Lee Ross came out all glun, guns blazing to bring you down. And um, I just, just... Often people, I think, forget that... You know, politicians and people in the public eye are a person and they've got a family around them and friends and all that kind of thing. When that thing, something like that happens, what kind of effect does that have on the people around you, like your family? Yeah, I think you raise a really good point. It's, it's, it's not uh, actually so much, um, you know, in the moment uh, as you're dealing with a very tough situation. Um, uh, myself, that is the worry, is others. And, mm. of course, the thing about that is, um, you know, uh, it's my wife, Natalie, or, you know, uh, my mother or some such thing, they aren't able to control it. You know, they're not there in the moment dealing with it. 
Mm. And so there's a sense of um, um, a powerlessness in a sense that goes with that. Did you get much sleep during that time? Honestly, Still to come in the second part of my conversation with Simon Bridges. I often couldn't sleep when I did those. We talk about the media spectacle that nearly destroyed Simon Bridges' career. Would you be able to describe the moment where you first found out that Jamie Lee Ross was publicly naming you as corrupt? Mm. Then later. What's it like living with someone with a completely different political view? Is she, is think, she still you know, a lefty? I think in truth. And play finish the sentence. Simon Bridges procrastinates about... No question unanswered. And no questions off limits. You cannot hear Simon Bridges more honest than on the Mountain Climbers podcast next week. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and you've been listening to the Mountain Climbers podcast. To stay connected, like the Mountain Climbers podcast on Facebook today.